Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to another edition of Supernatural Station. I'm your host, Roman Daniels, and joined with me is my brother, Jaron Daniels. Well, since you're in my home, can I get you another silver bullet, good sir? Of course. Yay! Thank you for joining us. Uh, If you're new here, what we do on this podcast is we're very much an organic type of podcast, and so we don't follow like a a specific format. We don't have like a a lined trackway that we follow. We start with like a main subject, and then we kind of just like branch off all over the place. We're kind of a journey podcast in that way. And it's just kind of very organic the way that it unfolds. And we're thankful that you're here with us. So thank you for joining us. Um, We really appreciate those listeners who've been with us since the beginning. We appreciate anybody who's just starting with us. And it's just just for anybody who's starting with us, that's kind of how this podcast is as far as format. Yeah, we just kind of go off of different webs of you know conversation we have we think about different things and it just kind of takes us into a spider web somewhere else but we do have a way back 
and we try to at least bring it back to the topic at hand but we really appreciate you guys just vibing with us i mean it's like you know 90s kids you know it's like hey we're we gonna go do cops and robbers all right we're we gonna eat some lunch oh let's go up to reams and get some slurpees and at 7-eleven like just it was the whole thing right so that's yeah. kind of how our podcast works and um, I, will, I will say that one of my biggest inspirations is probably like are you afraid of the dark right the whole midnight society coming in and like they they have a story and then they all kind of just you'll sometimes you'll have one of the kids like chime in and say like oh like break up the story and start talking about it and kind of branch off and then they'll go back to the story and so that's kind of what i feel like we do maybe not as uh, organized as midnight society was and those were kids but still yes sir so um we've got a pretty cool podcast lined up here we're sort of stuck on the uh, the topic of bigfoot on this one we got a couple things a couple cool stories coming up that I felt were, were worthy to tell. And they're just some crazy ones I stumbled upon actually a few years back, but I've just saved them in my notes and always wanted to cover them. I'm super excited then because I know my favorite, I don't know if you guys knew this, I probably said it on the podcast, but my favorite subject is Bigfoot. I think the reason, obviously you saw something I saw, can't explain, we've talked about that, but also just, I don't know, it just it has this cool connection to humans in a weird way. And it just seems like there's something different to it than all these monsters from deep, you know, all these creepy hellhounds or something. I think the reason for that is because there's so many credible witnesses, right, that come forward and have stories. So it seems the most the most realistic, like the one that for sure has to exist, you know, compared to some of these others where it's like it could be fake, like it could be missed. What's it called? A misidentification or something. But with Bigfoot, it feels like they're all telling the same thing, like they're describing something very similar to me, I'm just convinced at this point, but that's up to the audience to decide as well. Well, and I'm just fascinated too, because like with everything else, there's not really like a lot of details of their life as much. Um, but with Bigfoot, you can really like delve into the weird things they do, the tree structures, the the beds nest nested. That it's like they're naturally here, unlike some of the dogman things and different things where they might just appear and disappear. You know, right. There's more to them. And, and like natives talk about them in every story and they have trades with them and they call them another tribe. Like it's just weird. It's like there's yeah, way like, too much. Like there's so many things that are associated with them, right? Like the, the screaming sounds that are in the woods, like the um, the bedding that's, the, you know, the bedded areas that are found out in the woods, the tree structures, you know, that are um, supposedly associated with them, the, the wood knocking, you know, all these different things. And so it's to me, it's one of the most fascinating as well. And I think we're on a cusp of kind of discovering something with these things. You know, I think there's so much connectivity between people now, like the world is getting smaller in that way. And I just feel like we're getting closer to discovering something. And so that's that's fun, too. Who knows what happens once we discover that they're the, they're the real thing, right? Like once everybody knows that these things are all real or something, it may not be as interesting, you know, but right now the mystery of it is definitely capturing my attention and I think a lot of other people's attention, too. Well, I'm super excited. Let's see. Yeah, I... Because, I mean, I hear stories all the time about this, and I, I research, and I'm reading the Sasquatch book by Jeff Meldrum and all this stuff. But I kind of want to, um, I know that these have more of a fear-driven aspect to them, right? And so, I mean, it's Halloween season. It's October. And so, give me the goods, my brother. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, <clears throat> I actually just have a really cool story. It's, just, it's a story that I found really fascinating because there's physical damage to the creature. There's kind of some vulnerability with this creature and stuff. So to me, it, it kind of brought out the human side of these things, you know, and, and there's a lot of witnesses that come forward and they say, I couldn't shoot this thing because it looked too human. Or I, I looked at this thing and it wasn't, it wasn't an animal. It was more human. You get a lot of that. Then you get some of the opposite too. But this story is really crazy. So some of you may have heard this story and some of you may have not heard it. All right. So this is the story of Battle Mountain, Nevada, Bigfoot story. This is pretty crazy. This is the one that uh, I've just been hanging on to for a while. On August 5th, 1999, Battle Mountain, Nevada exploded into several range fires started by lightning strikes as thunderstorms formed over Battle Mountain, Nevada. This area is a mining district riddled with abandoned mining tunnels and shafts. Where do you hear that all the time, right? With these 
these creatures, the missing 411, is always near these, like, underground mining areas, shafts, caves. Yeah. You know? I wonder if, um, and they always hunt at night and stuff, so maybe, yeah, maybe they're just taking advantage of caves and stuff to, to live in. I mean, there's stories about, like, the Afghanistan giants that maybe have a similar connection to this because they're also in caves. Like, I don't know, maybe there's a weird connection. Again, what do I always say about these things? Like, they're part fallen angel, part human or something. I don't know. Yeah. But that's, like, the giant blood, you know? Yeah, and so, and then it just says, uh, the juniper and scrubby sagebrush of the mountains terrain around Battle Mountain exploded into several simultaneous range fires in what would eventually be known as the Battle Mountain Complex fire. Additional resources were sent to assist in putting out hundreds of lightning-sparked fires that had scorched an estimated 300 square miles of range area in northern Nevada, with over 610 firefighters being sent to the area in a desperate attempt to control the spread of the blaze. That's a lot of people. That's a huge area, too. 300 square miles. That's the thing is that's weird, like, just catch me off guard with this story is the Nevada thing, because there's not, like, a ton of... If anybody's driven through Nevada, especially, like, probably where this is at, and I'd have to look up exactly where this is at, but... I mean, we drive through six hours away from where we live is Vegas, and so we've driven through there quite a few times. And, and it's just um, brown desert, right? Just brown, mountainous, Everywhere. cliffy, but there's not, like, trees. Like, you can't ground cover from helicopters if something's flying by. You can't ground cover from cars, like... right. So if this thing is already in this area and then now there's fires that are causing worse issue, like that's well, weird. And I can't me. remember where it was. I heard it. I think it was actually a, a Sasquatch Chronicles episode, but there was one episode that took place in Nevada. I remember, I don't know if you ever heard it, but I remember it was like some kids that had seen a Bigfoot or Sasquatch at night and like their dad was coming like in his truck or something and they told him what they saw and they were trying to find it and it retreated up into these like kind of mountainous areas of the desert. It's kind of weird. Like I'm like, are they really out there? Could they be out there? Like, they definitely probably have the suit, uh, food sources, but, like, water is definitely scarce. And then, of course, you know, the, the big wooded areas don't really exist. So that's definitely a challenge, you know. But anyway, so basically, you know, it said that these firefighters came in to try to attempt to control the blaze, right? And all this crazy, insane stuff was happening. It says, while concentrating their efforts on inhabited regions, firefighters were forced to leave some fires unattended in remote northeastern and north-central Nevada. The fire consumed 70,000 to 180,000 acres of land. Habitats and wildlife were destroyed and animals perished. And by early afternoon on August 7th, the force of the blaze brought out a mysterious creature desperately trying to save itself. This is where it gets weird. <laughs> Here's what I wonder real quick when they say all these animals perished, right? It's like, I've always, let me ask you guys, I wish like you could reply right now, but do you ever, you've been around where there's a wildfire, right? And there's like all the, the, the dead stumps that are black and everything and there's no tree, you know, no tree limbs or anything, or at least no leaves. And I just, I don't know. I've never seen a dead body in a fire, at least an animal body. Right. I think that's weird. That is weird. I haven't seen one either. You'd think there'd be like rabbits just dead all on the, all on the ground, just like crisp, crispy, crispy, up. crispy, yeah, uh, yeah like burnt turkey, turkey yeah. Santa Claus style, you know? <laughs> but yeah, then it says between 20 and 30 firefighters were on the scene to witness the injured creature wandering in front of them. A witness would later describe how it felt like whatever it was, it wanted attention, it wanted their help. The firefighters circled around, around this creature, but a witness would later say that their precautions weren't necessary. The witness would recount how it seemed to realize that it was captured and that it just gave up. Ew, it's just like, it's like, uh, I don't know if you've ever watched WrestleMania in the old days or something. It's like somebody that just gets like choked out a little bit and then just kind of sits there. Yeah. And they're just like, okay, I'm good. Yeah. Like there's no fight in them. That's kind of crazy. And then it goes on to say, the muscular creature standing at around seven feet, five inches tall was injured badly. Burns covered its body. Its hair was singed and it omitted an odd smell. The creature was witnessed staggering around by up to 30 people. Though accounts of the incident are few, it was clear though, whatever it was, it was on the brink of death. The medics hooked it up to an IV and worked together to get a laid in on its 
I'll get it laid on a spine board in order to transport it. The creature hung over the edges of the board. Its seven-foot stature threatened to overwhelm the plastic beneath it. By this point, news of the blaze was spreading and officials didn't want a marked ambulance leaving the area for fear that word would spread that one of the fire crew had died trying to slow the flames. Like, uh, that's crazy that they came to save him and help him out and they just didn't, like, put their re- they put their reservations aside and just did it. I thought that was really cool, but just on a funny note, it's like he's laying on that stretcher and he's like, <gasps> like, he's trying to, like, get him to speak his language probably and he's like, let me see, Google Translate. And he's like, Bigfoot <laughs> translation, dude, I need bigger space over here. Like, you guys don't have big and tall seats, like, back- <laughs> backings for me. And, they- and then it, like, somehow communicates through Google. That'd be well, so you know, amazing. Rudy Gobert would probably have the same trouble. Like, oh, yeah. Hey, where's my gurney? Where's the right size one for me? I'm oh, seven yeah. foot two or whatever he is, you know, like crazy. Good luck shopping for a gurney and good luck shopping for shoes. Like I've seen the biggest pair of shoes was what, 16? But then this is one of the witnesses kind of just talking about what it, you know, what it observed and everything. And so it just says, I observed an animal wounded by fire moving on all fours, not like a bear, more like an ape. Firefighters captured the animal, contacted local vet and medical doctor, U.S. Department of Fish and Wildlife, Department of Interior, and Bureau of Land Management on the scene. Animal tranquilized and moved to an unknown location. Those at the scene told not to talk about what they had seen. Animal approximately 7.5 feet tall, human-like, arms and legs, face not like a man or ape, but mixed between. Genitalia male, uncircumcised and human-like. Hair covered most of the body except for the chest. Chest has hair but sparse. Hands with sparse hair, palms bare, with five digits, with human opposition of thumb and fifth digit. Speech attempted to communicate with the caregivers once it realized they were attempting to care for it. Now, I saw this part. There's two stories of this that I read. Um, In one of the stories, it says that one of the paramedics was actually a Native American lady, like a, you know, Native American descent. And this thing just gravitated towards her and was trying to communicate with her in this native language. And she almost could understand what it was saying. Like it was almost Ooh. a similar Navajo or Cherokee type language. What did I just say saying. about the tribes? Like, look at that. Look at that. Right. They had a way of communicating, you know? Yeah. And this little story that I'm reading from right here didn't cover that. But there was another story I read where it kind of talked about that. And that he, this, this creature was like gravitated to her. Like, hey, you're going to help me. You understand me. Just really strange. You know what this reminds me of though really quick? It reminds me of, we were heading up to Schofield, Utah, which is where we have a cabin and a family cabin and stuff. We were going to go hang out up there over a couple weekends ago. It has been a month or so now, maybe a little more. But we were um, heading up that way. Nice day. Perfect day. We're listening to some old school 30s music, the like big band and stuff. And I was showing these guys some, some gaspy music. All of a sudden, we get there's a complete stop on the canyon going straight up. This totally reminds me of it because there was fires on that side of the canyon. That's right. Yeah. And there was this helicopter flying up above, grabbing something with a gurney. Do you remember oh, that? Oh, I forgot about this. And there was Bureau of Land Management. There was cops everywhere. There this, was all this, this stuff This was everywhere. a huge scene. Like, the whole entire freeway was kind of shut down, and it was at a complete standstill. Dude, they were, I, and I was telling you guys, I think freaking Bigfoot's getting relocated. Like, something's happening where there was an animal that they don't want us to see on the road right here. Yeah. And it's hurt, or it's too close to the road or something. It was, like, and midday on the weekend, and the, all the cars were stopped, and everyone was, like, you know, pulling off to the side a little bit to try to see what was up front. And we were literally just at this long time standstill, and you could see this thing that it was carrying in this helicopter. Yeah. And there was tons of cops like around the corner from this mountain area as well as where we were at. So it was like almost like they were in the Bureau of Land Management. Yeah, that's what makes me weirded out. Yeah, it's like I at first I said something like, do you guys think there's like some bear that's on the loose that's been aggressive or like some like cougar mountain lion or something? And then that's when we saw that big gurney thing being carried by the by the helicopter. Yeah, but what's crazy is like if it was a bear, you just take, okay, take four Bureau of Land Management, take two or three cops and just figure it out, right? That's it. But with this thing, it was like it was a big scene, like you said. 
and it had like they had like their whole bureau of land management there they had like all the paramedics had like all the cops had all that stuff right there and it was like something's big mm-hmm. going on and we apologize the background you're hearing some cars running back and forth and hopefully it doesn't bother too many people but it's definitely going crazy it's a it's a weekend so people are having fun out there but yeah so let me continue this so it says multiple burns to hands feet legs and body some second and third degree burns using rule of nines which i've never heard of the rule of nines but i'm sure some paramedic people out there know what, what this is it says approximately 45 percent of the body was with burns so that's a lot that's like more than almost almost half the body right doctor and vet were working together providing care and moved it to an unknown location locally this notice given in violation of orders given by the BLM, DOI, and DF&W. Witnesses numbered in the area of 20 to 25. Word is out on the government agencies and among the firefighters since an MD was called out. Many thought a firefighter was injured. Please note that I'm, I am a government employee of one of these listed agencies fighting brush fires in the wilderness area of Nevada and under orders not to disclose information. I believe a cover-up is in the making. People need to know the animal needs to be kept alive and studied and released in a protected area. And then here's a part that I just kind of jotted down. It was what I already kind of mentioned, but I just said there was another part of the story where I had mentioned that there was one of the first responders who was attending this creature who was Native American. And I guess the creature had taken a liking to her. The creature was attempting to communicate to her with moans and unknown language that sounded somewhat like some of the indigenous languages in the area. So that's how it was described. That's pretty, so, pretty crazy. And that's pretty much where the story ends. Like, so basically it sounds like they just, they hauled this thing off in like an unmarked vehicle and who knows what happened to it after that, you know? But you know what's crazy is like, okay, so here's the, if anybody just wants to do more research and figure out, again, I'm just going to bring it up again. We're talking about Bigfoot. Last episode, we talked about it and I I have this kind of like frustration in me about how people are always like, if a body's found, we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. We're going to have proof. It's like, this is a body that was found and it's still alive. And I'm pretty sure they just took it to a government facility. Why do people not understand that the government hides things from people on purpose so that there's what, no fear factor of it so that there's like people aren't ready for it why do you think they hid the ufo thing for so long yeah guys it was 2018 when they finally released that 2019 yeah and, and, and it like, really really blew up back in like the 50s like after right after roswell you know 1947 or whatever it was and then just went insane yeah you know there was like a there was almost a panic back then uh like a ufo panic you know where people thought that we'd be invaded and so all those movies were being made like you know body snatchers and all the different ones that came out back then so why is this any different like this subject any different i think i think i know the answer but i'm just gonna say it and i think or what do you think the answer is why do you think people are weirded out more about bigfoot than they are aliens like everybody i feel like everybody believes aliens exist now i would if you talk to anybody at least 95 100 believe it yeah I, I honestly don't know i i think there's a couple reasons i think one of the reasons is people enjoy going camping people enjoy being out in the woods and i think one of the main reasons is just the fear factor that if these things are real trying to be able to know that they're real and and try not to have an encounter with one because there are a lot of violent stories and scary stories some that may have ended in death with these creatures like i don't think they're always i actually get really upset when i hear these stories like all these people saying oh they're just kind-hearted creatures and they mean nothing but love and we should treat them with respect and stuff like sure i I agree with that in some ways but there are some encounters like there's some good seeds and bad seeds exactly it's kind of like like sometimes you see a cougar and it just runs off and then other times they're chasing you down even when you have a gun and you're shooting at them and they still won't run off you know yeah and they're ready to kill you and some of them could have mange like some of them can have brain issues where it's like similar like look at people we know some psycho people trust right. me there's a lot of psycho people i know and they're not right in the head you know or like tom and seawood how he always talks about the rogue sasquatch and how they go rogue sometimes and they go off and they're not part of the family anymore and they're trying to survive and they're like struggling to eat and they're angry and they're upset and they're just not you know not in a good mindset you know and if these things 
things have brains even close to what we have, they can definitely go off and lose their minds. Like, you know, yeah. you stay off in the wild by yourself, you start to kind of go crazy for a while. And especially if you're the top, top alpha of the woods, like there's no reason to even not be that crazy. You know, if you're already yeah. crazy, who's going to stop me? That's that whole yeah. Lex Luthor when he has the power and Superman's, you know, destroyed with the kryptonite. Who's exactly. going to stop me? I'm the most powerful thing in this world right now. Like nobody's stopping me. That's kind of like, you know, world leaders flex their muscles that way. Even like a lot of people where a lot of, th- a lot of us have that in us. Yep. But what I, what I think it is too, like it's very, it's onto your point realm, what you're saying, but I think, I think it's cause it's too close to home. Well, it's that, was too the, close. that was the other thing I, I kind of, I said my one part, but I didn't really finish my second part. My second part was just that it may change our knowledge about the human evolution and DNA and just like where we came from. And I, I exactly. think that, I think that really is the big, biggest part of it. But also I think it's just too close to home as in like, it's right next to us in our backyard. It's like, yeah. With the alien thing, they're like, oh, go do it over there. Like, it's kind of cool. It's like it's like when there's a, a wall between you and a zoo animal. Yeah, it's not always You're not right scared yeah. because there's something protecting us. Yep. They think even though UFOs are, they come through the sky and there's probably no protection anyway, they still feel like there's more protection with that than going in the dark woods, being by yourself, and having this huge giant hulk creature uh, ready to take you out, you know? Yeah, so exactly. I, I think that's that's what I think it is. But yeah, what do you think of that story? Like, what did you think of the whole the whole thing about like this thing i mean to me it lends credibility that these things are physical you know if, the, if this was a true story right 20 to 35 people or something witness this and you know this thing comes out it just gives up like oh i'm finally gonna have some help because it's on the brink of death and then it just uh, kind of gives up and like waits for the it's you know get some fluids and kind of just get some burn treatment like yeah I, and that that also lends to me that they watch us you know yeah maybe they see that we have like this technology they already know what technology we have they know that they'll help we'll help it you know Right. The scary thing is, though, is it, it's taking a lot of courage. Ooh, that word courage. We both just had Panda Express and both of our uh, little fortune cookie, fortune cookie said messages. something with courage in it. Yep. So, you know, bee-boo, baba, whatever. But, uh, <laughs> but like, yeah, it's just it's trusting in us, which I think is kind of a detriment a little bit because it's, you know how humans are. We're kind of scary. Like, maybe it took it to a, a prison space and now it's never getting out, you yeah. know? Now they're going to do torture to it after they heal it up. And it's like, dude gonna force it to like uh give up its like sperm and all these things right to like reproduce more animals and yeah maybe it became a huge slave which sucks so bad yeah but i do think it's cool for being able to trust in us in that way and maybe there's a reason to bridge the gap eventually you know of of the fear between us two i do say fear between us two though because they're scared of us too i think there's there's some fear there because i know that you know maybe a lot of prideful humans will say oh yeah they're way scared of us I, i don't mean it like that i just mean that they're scared because we are a little bit, we teeter. We don't have like a good moralistic mindset. So I think we just teeter. And I think that's what aliens, they come and check up on us because we teeter on yeah. violence all the time and anger and like all that kind of stuff, right? I think Sas- the Sasquatch creatures probably tell their, you know, all they're their, young. They're young and stuff to be really mindful of us and not live the life that we live because they see like obviously the destruction. They probably see even like the car crashes, the debris that's left behind. They see like how we're building higher and higher up like on the mountainside and like taking all this land that probably doesn't need to happen. Like we have all this open land like in flat areas of the world that could be used, but instead we're building up on like these really beautiful mountains and kind of destroying them and stuff. So that kind of stuff sucks. And I'm sure that, that they feel like we don't have the right morals that they, maybe they have or something, you know? All I see is new oil rigs over and over and over again in our land in Duchesne. And it's like, it does suck because, you know, you're gone for four, three or four or five years, come back and it's like covered with more technology. And it's like, dude, this is like the woods. We're trying to, we're trying to enjoy the woods and, and just hang out with a fire and have a, a hobo dinner and watch out for rattlesnakes. We're not trying to And the funny thing about that. this is this is coming from two guys that are not really tree huggers. Like we're not like the biggest tree huggers. Oh yeah. You know, we're just got like, we're just kind of observing, but we're not, you know, this isn't like some like moral value preach, but it's just something that 
I think that they they probably witness and notice, and um, it affects their ability to want to come close to us. You know. Yeah. So I mean, we don't drive Subarus. I mean, I, there's some nice ones. Yeah, I, I will say that. <laughs> I but, used yeah, to, we don't. Used to have one. Yeah, well, you did. My <laughs> wife did, but I'm glad you do, you went up with the the Tacoma. That's I mean, I'm still vibing on little trucks, you guys. So I've got another story. I don't know if we're ready to get, dive into it. We can take a quick let's take break, a quick break. Yeah, and then we'll come back to this other story. go into this next story yeah that other one was sweet yeah i'm super excited for this other one this one's cool too this there's some cool things in this one so some of you may have heard of this some of you may not have heard of this but this is a story about zana z-a-n-a she was basically like a wild ape woman that was found in russia back in 1850 a lot of people believe that she was either neanderthal woman or uh, like a sasquatch type woman i don't remember her being like an ape woman i remember her having those rings that had blades on them and she was like kind of cute in a way she had the blue eyes and xena no (laughs) and that's x-e-n-a i know i'm just kidding anyway so it says the year's 1850 and this took place in russia and it just says a group of local hunters is prowling through the forest in search of whatever they can find what they do eventually find shakes their beliefs to the foundations and leaves the world with an enigma that has yet to be explained so that sounds pretty crazy what they saw appeared to be a human and yet not human it seemed to be a young female with ape-like features her arms legs and fingers were unusually thick you hear that sausage finger thing all the time you know yeah with uh sasquatch footprints as well and then it says her bosom was described as massive and she was covered with thick dark hair she was also said to be absolutely ferocious the hunters managed to capture her alive and brought her to an isolated mountain village 50 miles from the sukumi where she was given to a nobleman called edgy Ganabi. she was given to this guy yeah what does that mean i think they thought she was kind of a, like a slave thing like an animal or something you know which is really messed up so his bosom like it's the upper chest right yeah okay like huge like yeah. a big barrel chest you know that's crazy what the and she was ferocious too yeah. like uh i wonder if i wonder if women sasquatch are more physically threatening than some of the males can be even like sometimes i don't think it's always that case i think most of the males are freaking huge yeah right it doesn't say how tall she is maybe it will so. um i think it will yeah and it just says she was so violent and ferocious was that she the first three years after she was captured she was kept in a cage where she dug herself a hole to sleep in the village people were terrified of her, of her rages and would not venture near it food was thrown at her because they were so scared to get close over the course of time she became tamer and tamer eventually domesticated she was given the name Zana and was moved to a wattle enclosure tethered at first but later released and allowed to roam free but she never wandered far from the place where she was fed she eventually learned some simple tasks such as grinding corn and carrying wood but never mastered a single word of speech her only utterances were being grunts and if she was angered howls now that's very bigfoot that's scary howling you know and that's i feel like when you start hearing the howling it's because you're getting too close to their area which is weird because i always thought the grunts were like that too um but it sounds like the grunts are pretty chill like pretty normal it's like just normal communication maybe yep and then it just says the women of the village remained scared of her she could be ferocious and bite when angry and would only come near if she was in a happy mood her master however could control her 
and she would react with fear if he shouted at her. And oh, that's che- weird. Check this picture out. You guys can't see this, but I'll try to post it up on Yeah, that. that's creepy. She looks like um, Mona Lisa, like literally Mona Lisa. Mixed with, with like, a little bit of eight and like a really low mouth. Like the mouth is so low, you guys. Yeah. Um, and I think this is some kind is. of artist rendering. I don't think it's like an actual photo, but it's pretty, pretty crazy. It's, it's supposed to be what she looked like. And so I'll post that up on Instagram and kind of where we post. I'll put it in the in the page notes. That stuff. legit looks like a Neanderthal, like a normal. It doesn't look like a ape too much. Right. And it doesn't look like superhuman. It's weird. I don't know. And then this part talks about her wild ways. It says, Xana was immensely strong. It was said that she could outrun a horse without an apparent effort. That reminds me of Bigfoot too, the way that they're always described of moving so fast, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it says, she could lift an 80 kilogram sack of flour with one hand and then carry it from the water mill to a village all uphill. She could climb trees to retrieve grapes, which she loved. Xana also liked to roam the forest at nighttime and often on warmer days would rest in chilled pools of water alongside water buffaloes. Oh, wow. So (laughs) that, you know, outrunning a horse part and like the the picking up a sack with no problem with one hand. I literally, I've been watching a lot of um, Snyder Cut Justice League uh, lately. And I just like, I I just keep picturing Steppenwolf when he's chasing after the horses in the Amazonian area. And he's like, he's right there with them, you know, and he's this big beast of a creature. So I know, I know we take a lot of stuff from things. Pop culture is is a reflection of reality sometimes, you know. Um, It says, it says, Xana had an, an aversion to heat, could not abide or deal with being in a heated room and would tear off clothing preferably to walk naked even during the harshest of winters she developed a fondness for wine and would even drink herself insensible that's cool she's (laughs) a party girl yeah so she's doing this hold on yeah pretty much Um, it says she had a number of children by a number of men and that's the crazy part Uh so it's almost like they could actually you know they could actually mate with her which is crazy and actually have like children I want to see what these kids look like like. is she actually like a swan of a human like that reminds me more of the Neanderthal thing you know Mm -hmm. Um, and they do have a picture I'll show you here shortly it says it has been suggested that this was the result of abuse on the many occasions that she had drunk herself into unconsciousness which is sad it's messed up it says she always gave birth unassisted and many of the children did not survive the birth it has been theorized that this was due to the incompatibility of her genes with the homo sapien fathers. Weird. I know. I'm so weirded out by this right now. I'm like, so first off, who are these sickos, right? Like, I know. I don't like that. That's too much. And then, I mean, it's she's really hairy. Gross. She's huge. She's a big beast, you know. Yeah. But then also, like, she's being taken advantage of, All you know, which is tough. And then on top of that, you get, like, the, the weird, the homo sapien thing. I just, I just wonder if we're a mix. I feel like we are a mix of, like, hybrid alien blood or something. And or, that's or, why it's or, just not connecting or right. nephilim and 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 human right like and maybe they're the original work. humans like they really are the original ones who knows you know or vice versa but it's yeah it's weird and then it also says that she's known to have killed at least one of her offspring by her habit of washing the newborns in fr- in the freezing river obviously not having inherited their mother's tolerance of the cold temperatures succumbed to the hypothermia in the frigid waters later offspring were re- removed from her at birth and fostered with other families in the village and then this is a artist rending that I'll also post up on Instagram of what one of her sons looked like. I want to see. Yeah. Oh, he looks cool. He does look cool. It looks like um like little Richie hair when he was younger. Yeah. And then like a cool face. You know, he's got the. I mean, he looks like you know sort of African American features, but just yeah. cool. Yeah. And just it says cool. this is Zana's youngest son, Kuwit. It's K H W I T, who died in 1954. Dang, he was vibing in the 50s. Yeah. Well, and that's probably why he's wearing those styles, you know. And then it just says among the theories concerning Zana's origins is one that she could have been an Almas, a sort of Soviet Bigfoot. There are many anecdotal stories of such creatures having been sighted in the area where she was captured. Another theory put forward by Professor Boris 
Fortunev of Moscow Academy of Sciences is that she was actually a member of the remnants of a Neanderthal race that still survives in the mountainous areas of Russia. Yeah, maybe it is just a Neanderthal race, like something that was just never caught up with humans, but isn't it Bigfoot? Maybe that's a totally different thing. I don't know. It does seem Bigfootish though. Like she does still look, don't get me wrong, she still kind of has that Bigfoot. And if she has the strength and she has that, like the hair and, you know, the big bosom and all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. Um, there And then the, the ferociousness and all that, it does seem like it's connected for sure. And then it does say um, she was, she is said to have died in 1890 and the whereabouts of her skeleton is not known. So maybe somebody walked off with them or something. So forensic examination of her remains is not possible. Her children, however, are a different matter. Susanna's children were said to be dark-skinned, very strong, and slightly strange-looking, but despite some of the unusual physiological features, had the ability to learn their speech, was regarded as relatively normal. One of her youngest children, Quit, the one I was showing you a picture of, died in 1954. He was incredibly strongly built and had dark skin, but apart from these two attributes, he seems to have inherited most of the facial features of his father. And then this is just the most modern um, thing that came. So I'm reading from Ancient Origins, and this came from 2015, April of 2015. It just says, according to International Business Times, Brian Sykes, former professor of human genetics at the University of Oxford, has analyzed the DNA of Xana's descendants and has discovered West African genes. But surprisingly, her DNA did not match any of the modern African groups. So West African genes, but she's up in Russia. Up in Russia. So that's really, really strange. And that's pretty much the end of it. It Just And I guess they got the DNA from some of her descendants, from some of the children that supposedly were spawned from her. I wonder if they, I wish it would have said that, but I bet you they don't have that Rh negative blood type. If anything, I would say only humans have that. And that's a weird thing because what is that? Yeah. We have a friend that has it, two friends that have it. Yeah, we'll have to get into that in the story. But yeah, that's pretty wild. Like I wonder if, um, and there was another story like that, which I've heard before and I forget what his name was, if it was Zobo, it was something similar to that with a Z name, but it was here in America and he was, um, people thought he was just like a chimpanzee that was found um, in the kind of I think it was the Great Depression era, like the 30s or something. And we would have those traveling um, kind of freak shows and circuses and stuff that were like on trains a lot of times. And supposedly there was a train crash or something. And then this thing was was found. And it was from all the witnesses, it wasn't actually a chimpanzee. Wasn't it was that something from else. the What If It's True podcast? Because I swear yes. I just listened to that. Yes. I listened Zobo to that today. Or something. It's funny you said that. Yeah. yeah. And that really blew me away. It was like a dead body yeah. that this guy went and saw at the freak show every, every year. And it was there every year. And every year he had to pay to go see it. But he'd go see it because he wanted to find out more about it and every time he found out more about it he'd bring more research with him like how the bullet entered the body because it was dead from a bullet he was like dang everything is lining up so he's like it's got to be real and he kept coming back like it's a real dead body like i don't know what this is yeah so that's really intriguing and it's like it's like a hybrid of some sort you know like kind of a chimpanzee mixed with like a wild person or something you know or like this kind of like xana i mean that was in the south so it's definitely like those southern bigfoots i would say like the smaller they're smaller yeah yeah yeah, some pretty crazy stories. So we got the, you know, the burnt, the burn victim, the, <laughs> the one that stumbled out of the forest fire in Battle Mountain and then Xana. So some pretty cool stories. And we'll, we'll try to bring more of these types of stories in the future. Do you have anything for us or any comments you wanted to add on to that? We're, uh, so we're getting near the end of this, you know, but just... I, I just think, I thought that was really interesting. Cause I, I didn't know what he had for me today. And I just think, I'm, I'm hearing it as a, a real listener like you guys, you know, and I think it's just one of those things. It's like, wow, this is, there's, there's some more to this. And I was already saying that at the beginning, like there's just, so many weird connections and the fact that this the woman uh, Zena Zana was able to have uh, a baby with a human it sounds like is weird to me and I think there's just a lot more to these things that we're going to keep learning about and like Roman said you know in the next maybe we're like 10 years away. this is what Jeff Meldrum said to us in person at the uh, Phenomicon he said we're 10 years away from seeing what's really going to be truth because 
a lot of these scientists right now, they're not willing to comply, unwilling to comply with the truth of this matter, right? But Jeff Meldrum, he's like, yeah, there's a few of us that are, but he's like, I'm the older generation. There's these young people that I talk to that are scientists now that are coming up in this and they believe in this stuff. And he's like, so they're a lot more open to the research. Yeah, once they take my position, you know, we're that's why he's like, we're ten years away from getting to the real truth. I think. Yeah. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. So keep your eyes peeled because I'll be what forty two. Man, no, forty four. We're gonna be forty four. Yeah. I I just hope that it happens in our lifetime. You know, that's all one can hope at this point. You know, I feel like I just want that answer. I'm okay if we don't get the alien answer, if we don't get some of the other like Mothman and the other answers, but I definitely want the Sasquatch answer. You know. Here's my prediction: it's gonna be aliens first. We're gonna get it in the next year, and then it's gonna be. Um, Bigfoot. It'll be those two first. Yeah. And then they're going to deny everything else probably for 100, 150 years. They won't say anything <laughs> else about the little people or the fairies or anything. They're not going to say anything about that stuff. No. Yeah. I think um, we're, we should do a whole show on Mothman because we really haven't done that. But the Mothman thing, I think, is going to blow everything out of the water. It reminds me of the Parademons from Justice League. That's the second reference <laughs> to Justice League tonight, by Can the way. Can you tell we're Batman fans? Um, Justice League fans. But there's something to those things that I just think is really wrong. And I don't know what it is, but I can't put my finger on it. But we're going to cover some of those stories because those are, those are on my radar right now, too. So that's probably kind Coming up soon, but uh, just for those who who want to participate, we're going to be doing a um, an, kind of a Halloween event. We, well, we got this episode coming out, and then we're going to do a just a separate Halloween episode that's going to come out on Halloween. So that's just a normal podcast, but we're going to do some Halloween themed stories. Um, we hope you join us there. But we also have a live Halloween event that we're going to do that we're going to dress up the two of us, my, yep. my brother and I, we're going to dress up in costume. We're going to make some fun Halloween themed drinks, um, and we're just going to probably watch a scary movie or something, and maybe like talk about some stories and and just kind of join our listeners we hope that people will tune in and talk to us and we want to actually correspond with you back and forth and just enjoy this holiday season because this is one of our favorites i'm gonna have a uh, white elephant gift for one of you listeners if you're on the live with us we'll have everybody pick a number oh you're getting a prize out i'm gonna give a prize out and then oh. i'm gonna mail it i'm gonna mail it to whomever it shall be cool so get excited for that because you know it's got to be that halloween theme maybe not maybe it is who knows y'all be ready but we we will release the uh the date on that so if you follow us on instagram Instagram, if you follow us on uh, social media, we're going to post whatever date that that's going to fall on. We, we haven't really decided yet, but it's coming up pretty soon. It'll definitely be before Halloween, probably that weekend prior, but we're going to, uh, we'll, we'll let everybody know on that. So we'll post something, but we hope you join us on that. I think it's going to be a fun time and um, uh, we just want to talk to you. Like that's going to be the funnest part about it. Like mm-hmm. dressing up is fun and watching movies is fun and just, you know, telling stories like we love doing, but chatting with you guys is going to be fun, the funnest part of it, I think. Yeah, we, we missed out on a lot of these cool Halloween things. I feel like, I feel like the Halloween thing sort of died and it was just either slutty parties pardon my language or um just you know really little kid stuff so i think it'll be fun to to be able to have this environment that's old vincent price old uh peter cushing you know talking to what's his name that played riddler and uh blue batman uh, oh frank gorshin frank gorshin he's over there right. talking he, with vincent yeah that's price. that halloween uh special from that the was six, cool like one. late set mid 70s it was really fun you guys and i think that's kind of what my mindset is for this and i hope it's not going to convey that guaranteed no. but that's you know we miss that we're missing that in the halloween uh, realm right now. yeah and, and one more shout out because we've already given him a couple we're, we're gonna Gonna, there's no limit to how many shout outs we can give out to Jim Harold. He does a great job on his his end on his uh, his Facebook page where and his oh, YouTube. Yeah. They do a fun live event that's um, I wouldn't say we're copying it. We're gonna do our own thing, but um, it's definitely something like that. You know, he does a great job with I dressing think... up and getting people involved and stuff. So I want to shout out to him because he's always the podfather. He's gonna start everything, and we're just gonna father. kind of follow. You know. I feel like I'm always like dra- gravitating to the weird like jellyfish thing in the background of his oh, videos. Yeah. 
<laughs> See, at least yeah. you know we watch, Jim. If you ever hear this, you'll be at least yeah, at least you know we watch. But yeah, thank you guys. It's been awesome. Uh, I'll let Roman take this part away. But... Yeah, we we appreciate you being here, and we hope that these stories were were fun, and hopefully you just enjoyed what we covered tonight. And um, if you have suggestions for us, send them our way. Again, Instagram is probably the best way, but you can send us messages on Facebook and SupernaturalStation5 at gmail.com. But anyway, thank you so much. We really appreciate you. Tune in next time. We got a fun Halloween episode coming up, where we're going to talk about vampires and probably a few other things. So join us there next time on uh, on Halloween. Vampires and goblins and ghouls. Oh my! Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.